G'day and welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Now, a show uh, like this, of course, could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and the CFRC. So as usual, thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts and Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Just a reminder as well, the clarity of the recording isn't quite as good as when we do it in the studio. We're still doing some um, interviews offline or over the internet, so to speak. So please bear with us on that. We're pretty lucky. The uh, software we're using has pretty good sound. So hopefully everything will be just fine. But today, I'd really like to introduce you, Yuxi Zhang, who is doing a PhD in biomedical engineering under the supervision of Dr. Lindsay Fitzpatrick. Welcome to Grad Chat, Yuxi. Hi, thank you, Claude. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. It's awesome, isn't it? And it's actually, you know, uh, UC is only a first year PhD student, so it's very keen to come on the show. So I'm very, very happy about that. And I guess. Actually, maybe before I ask you a little bit more about why you wanted to come on Grad Chat, you've come a long way to study here at Queen's. You know, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you ended up coming to Queen's? Because I know in your undergrad, you went to the uh, Tingdao University of Science and Technology. So I'd like be interested to see what you did there and also in your master's. So can you give us a bit of background, I'd say, on your educational background? Okay, yeah, thanks for the introduction. Well, actually, I started my undergraduate in China and in my hometown, Qingdao. It's a very beautiful coastal city. And I came uh, for overseas studying because, as I know, the Canadian uh, education is very cutting edge and, and Canada is a very beautiful uh, country. So I would like to enrich my experience here. And yeah, so... For my master's study, uh, well, the first university I, I joined when I came to Canada is McMaster University. Right. So very grateful that the professor in McMaster University, he gave me the chance to study in Canada. And my research project is about the implant surface treatment, which is kind of similar to my current one. Fantastic. I, I, always, I always find it fascinating how people actually get here, particularly if you come from overseas. You know, clearly you've got a, had a good university back home, and then it's kind of like I, I take my hat off you. I don't. Not everyone can suddenly go. You know what? I'm going to go to a completely different country, speak a completely different language, and continue my studies. So I guess we're very, very lucky to have you here at Queen's. So thank you very much for choosing Queen's to do your doctoral degree. With that though, as I mentioned, you are only in your first year of your PhD here. Uh, why did you want to come on to Grad Chat right now? What, what was your impetus to do that? Well, first of all, like, I, I don't know, like I graduate student could have this chance before. So <laughs> it's my first time to know the graduate chat in Queen's University when I came here. And I always very keen for like uh, expressing my opinion or ideas to public. Yes. I wish I feel like I spent most of my time in my laboratory and I don't have much opportunities to chat with students like um, out of my discipline 
And I would like to exchange our ideas uh, with students who are not in my area. Well, that's really good, actually. I mean, the, I mean, grad chat is one way to help the general public understand the kind of research that our students are doing. But as you mentioned, it's also important for you, particularly in, in a program like biomedical engineering, you know, that is interdisciplinary in, in the sense it's a specialization. So the opportunity to speak to or, and collaborate with students in other fields is really, really important. And, you know, whether it's getting through people realizing what you're doing or students realizing what you're doing through this grad chat or with, you know, whatever goes on in your lab and things, I think that's really, really important for you. So uh, hopefully we can help you with that on grad chat. <laughs> Yes, I hope so. Yeah, I think grad chat is very uh, like benefit for students who like me, cause we stay uh, like in the lab for a lot of time, like almost most of the day. Right, right. Yeah, it's good to get out and about sometimes and do something slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get on then to your research. And if I've understood things correctly, you know, first of all, it's biomedical engineering. So it's a bit of engineering and it's a bit of sort of health sciences in there as well. So it's quite a, an interesting combination that you're doing. And you're looking currently looking at foreign body immune response or FBR for short, in, in particular to reduce FBR towards biomaterials. Now, that's quite a, a lengthy sort of topic or, or title. Can you give us an overview of what all that means, including what are the current approaches to reduce FBR um, upon implantation? So I'm assuming this is is finding ways to make sure, if, if I've understood it, uh, is this to do with organ transplants and things and making things work better, or is it something different? Because my first my first thought with foreign body immune response and looking at implantation, I'm thinking, oh, is that to do with organ transplants and making sure that they match better and don't get, uh, you know, don't get rejected? Well, I think this is a fascinating thing about the biomedical engineering because my background actually is uh, material science and technology while studying my undergrad in China. And for my master, my, my major is about mechanical engineering. So I right. think like, for most people's uh, perspective, maybe these two subjects has no relationship with a, like a biology thing. But right. I think this is why biomedical engineering attracts me, because it allows students who from engineering background to make contribution to the medical research area. Mm -hmm. And actually, my research focuses on the uh, like um, like inorganic material. Uh, okay. Not the organ or tissue, but like for some medical device that must connect uh, inside human's body. Okay. And yeah, this this kind of device is very accurate. It provides some very uh, precise data, like for doctor to treat the patients. So if the host immune response, like the foreign body reaction, happens, um, the result may not accurate enough. It will cause some like medical issue in treat in the treatment. So I guess the question for me is, I'm just trying to find an example of you know what you're trying to do here, uh, because you were talking about you're not looking at the organic materials in our bodies; it's foreign 
things that we're putting into our bodies, such as a heart pacemaker. Is that the kind of thing that you're doing and looking at how if someone gets a pacemaker, how is our body going to react to it? Mm-hmm. And how can we prevent it rejecting that um, particular a foreign body which is in this case is important for our people to keep our hearts going that kind of thing yeah well uh, when it comes to the like not organic material like for example the heart piece uh, maker like it will firstly it will uh, attract the, a kind of damage associated patterns on the surface of the material which this pro this kind of proteins can trigger the inflammatory response of the macrophages so right. So yeah, that's the FBR thing. Yeah, yeah. So the macrophages will come around the surface of the material and trigger a series of the foreign body reaction, like such as okay. uh, acute inflammation or chronic inflama- inflammation or even the fibrous tissue formation. Right. Mm-hmm. And this will uh, like impede the function of the device, which is harmful for the uh, patients. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yes, because you're right. When you know, when we get even a scratch or something, it's it's those cells that come around to fix the the area. In this case, you're talking about a um, like a foreign body. It could be something that's damaging to the body. So the body doesn't know that yet. It's got to figure it out. But we want to make sure that that new device that we've implanted is actually still able to work. Yeah, yeah, that's my uh, that's my uh, goal in my research area. So I want to solve this problem. Meanwhile, maintain the uh, host body's immune system protection uh, towards uh, pathogens, bad pathogens. So usually, current method to reduce uh, this reaction, this bad reaction, is to use some um, medicine or uh, do some surface modification of the implant in order to reduce uh, uh, inflammation. So, so you can do this in the lab. You can pretend and int- introduce this foreign body, so to speak, and see how our cells react to it. Or yeah. does it have to be on the an actual person? <laughs> well, actually, uh, in my current stage of research, we use uh, microphage cells, which is a kind of cell line, and we do the experiment on an uh, like material, which is the material that made of the implant. Okay. Yeah, we see the reaction between these two uh, factors. So it's really at the micro level that you're looking. Yeah, currently we are focused on the micro level, but in the future study, we will see it in at cellular level. That's that's a big job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can say that, that is a big job. Yeah, but okay, very but attractive. It, yes. <laughs> But it sounds like this is what what you're working on is that this is an area that if you can figure this bit out, it has the potential for you to be able to use it in lots of different implants that we may have to do within the human body. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mentioned the heart, uh, potentially, you know, all these people who are getting new hips, you know, how does it, you know, all these hip transplants that people are getting, how's that working or, or other, other areas that are sort of assisting us to remain healthy. So I guess you have, there's big implications for this. So is this something that you think once you've figured out a little bit more that you can transfer that in, into some sort of industrial application? Mm. 
Yeah, I think this uh, this will bring a lot of motivation to students, not only me, but for other graduate students. Like whenever we see our uh, like achievement in research can be put into practice, like make some improvement in the uh, in people's like real life. Right. Yes, that will be a, a lot of uh, motivation for us to do the research. Which I guess is why you have to be very careful what you tell me on the show, because there could be intellectual property (laughs) and copyright uh, scenarios that you have to be extremely careful of. (laughs) Yeah, I can agree more. Like, I, yes, yes, it is. (laughs) And just a little side note, everyone, I was sort of trying to steer Yusi in a certain direction, and then she goes, I can't talk about that, Colette. (laughs) IP. Uh, you know, I don't think my professor would be very happy with me if that goes out, which is why we kind of changed things just a tad, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so um, I think this is one uh, question for all graduate students, because why do my master program? Like I want to uh, give a presentation to public, like what I'm doing right now. And then my professor advised me that like, all the research you are doing right now may be your intellectual property in the future. So be careful what you relate to the public. Correct, correct. And and I think that's the hard part about those of you who are in the sciences because there is that opportunity for industrial application down the track, which can bring money back to the university or yourself if, if, if you kind of did some of these things elsewhere. So you, it, it is something that's really, really important. And I should have actually said that. Often I say to the students, you know, if you've got, an, if you've got anything to do with intellectual property, we'll just have to nix it. So you have to tell me if you can or can't say anything. So thank you for letting me know. <laughs> it's it's not it's not easy but in general though it does sound like you know if you can find ways of making sure that our bodies aren't rejecting or behaving in a way a normal way that they would for a foreign body coming in to this to our bodies if we can find ways of changing that then that's awesome for us down the track yeah like like in most research they look on the how to modify it on the implant or how to use some medicine to treat the foreign body reaction but to our focus we focus on the signaling pathway on cells so i think it's a different perspective from from current research so yeah so so when you say looking at the signaling pattern so of course that's these fbrs saying um alert alert there's a foreign body and then normally they go for it and do whatever they need to do to try and either figure out is it really a foreign body or is it um in which case how do we get rid of it and if it's not a foreign body then how do we switch that off that that reaction off so if you're looking at the signaling part and you're talking about the macrophages and things are you trying to find a certain point in that signal where you can block it is that what you're trying to do uh, well, yeah, but in most cases, we won't block it completely. We just adjust the level that the signaling will, like the message, it wants to delay, delay to the cells. Okay. It, it's, okay. Yeah, when it comes to the signaling pathway, I found it's the it's a most attractive point in my research because um, in previous time, I do research on the, like uh, some uh, mechanical level, like, for example, like, 
do the titanium surface treatment and use some plasma um, modification method. Well, this is my first time to hear about the crosstalk between cells. So right. that's why this research topic attracts me a lot. That's great. That's great. It's going to keep you busy for a long time, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is for four years at least. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I've got another question here for you. You mentioned combining interdisciplinary research in your topic. So again, is that why you chose biomedical engineering as you are combining two of your loves or that you get to work with other disciplines within your research area? Because that's the whole point of the biomedical engineering program. You, you know, mm -hmm. you might have you, you've, your background is sciences and mechanical engineering. You've got other people perhaps from pathology or biomedical molecular sciences. Um, so these, you've got different opportunities there. Is that why you wanted to get into this, that the opportunity to combine and also work with other groups? Yeah, well, um, since I came to biomedical engineering department, I found I have a lot of chance get in touch with students from either um, computer science, uh, mechanical, right. uh, chemical, or even materials. And because this, this discipline has a wide range of research, such as computer modeling and how to draw the fluidic, like to mimic the fluidic, running inside the blood streams right yeah, yeah. and uh, this things i i hadn't got in touch before so i think it could bring us a lot of opportunities to learn some uh, techniques like outside of our knowledge area right right yeah because yes that would be that would be important wouldn't it because you've got to understand the different sections of what you're looking at one how the human body works and then to how whatever this um, implant mechanism is. And then again, what you're actually looking at at the micro level, but there's the micro, but then there's the computing with a whole lot of theories and algorithms and what have you. So putting all that together is really, really important. And I think this is one of the things at times with research is that in the past, you're just focusing on one little point. But then re you really should be looking at the bigger picture. You know, what else can, what else do we need to understand to help me on this one little point? Yeah. Well, that so. is also my what my professor told me. Like we always focus on very small area because um, because what we see is always in these research topics. But my professor, she has a how to say it, a wide horizon. Like right. she she knows a lot of research topics, and she said, "Oh, maybe you can combine these two two topics together." Yeah, I think like uh, studying this uh, discipline, the benefit is that you don't only focus on your own projects. You can see other students' project, which is from different areas. Maybe you have a chance to combine them together. Like right. do the computer modeling first and then put the result into your research to test whether the result will be uh, practical or if there anything need to change. Yeah, and, th and that's going to be important because I know there's been times when I sometimes with our writing camps, because at some stage, you see, you're going to have to write up what you do. Uh, and so, of course, we have these writing camps and I love those because usually it's time around lunchtime or dinner time and we're all sitting together and people are asking each other about what they're doing 
and someone says, oh, you know, I'm doing da-da-da-da-da-da, and then because, oh, that's really interesting. And then people from different backgrounds saying, oh, does that, I mean, have you thought about doing this or considered this, et cetera, et cetera? And it's coming from their knowledge of a, a bigger picture, which can actually help you, the research, and go, you know what, I haven't thought about that. Maybe I need to bring that into my research or at least have it in the background of if things aren't quite going right. Remember such and such told me, did I think about this and bring it into bring it into your research? So, uh, like I said, I think you've got lots that you can do there. When I asked you to give me some information about your background, et cetera, which is I which I do for every student, you you mentioned you put this this statement in so called be critical with the result and i'm curious to what you meant by that well actually i don't know whether did i put it in a right way but what i want to say is that um what it is is what it is i mean this is uh what our attitude towards the results that we get from experiment like um such as my supervisor has our side, like even the result is different from your hypothesis, different from your right. expectation. This is a real result. Like you can uh, find more things from the result, even it is not uh, what you want at the beginning. Right. So be critical with your result. Don't be nervous if you get something wrong or if you think it's different from your hypothesis. That you know, you know what? That's a really good point that you put because a lot of people do go, oh my gosh, that's not what I expected. I failed. Well, when in fact you haven't because you found something else, there's always something you can learn from an experiment and things, whether you think it's you're going in the right direction or not. Uh, I, I say to, some people say, oh, that experiment failed. I've got to try again. And I, I go, well, well, that's good. You can still write up about that because that's going to help the next person if they're doing something similar. Don't try that because of blah, blah, and blah. So, um, so you, you're right. You, you, you've got a hypothesis, but as you're going along, it may not stay. You may actually have to, have to change it along the way because your results are actually telling you something totally different to what you expect. Yeah. Uh, but not be, but well. not be scared of that. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no. Well, actually, you said it very well. I was just elaborate. You know, as you know, I'm very good at elaborating from time to time. So I was just elaborating. You you did say it very well. So thank you for that because we, we do get stuck on it wasn't what I expected, therefore it must be wrong. Well, it's not always the case. Um, yeah, so that's why I want to join this platform because I can practice how to express my idea to the public in a proper way. <laughs> You're doing a really good job of it. So I wouldn't worry about that one little bit. So no problem there. Before I get on to some other things about you, because I'm really interested, I'm always interested about what our students do outside their studies. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your research? And I, I know, and I'm mindful of the fact you're only in your first year, so you're still really getting into it. But is there anything else you want to tell us about your work? Well, in my leisure time, I want to uh, develop some hobbies because sometimes I find the emotion management is kind of dif uh, difficult for students like me because we, we face a lot of failure in our experiments when it's not going work well. Even though I say be critical with your result, but sometimes you just cannot control emotion very well. So I feel like uh, develop some hobbies in your leisure time would be uh, beneficial for your emotion management. Right. Yeah. 
such as an、uh, instrument like play a piano instrument that won't bother other neighbors, but <laughs> you can feel very good about yourself. So, so don't get the drums the drum set out. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sometimes play saxophone in the park because I don't want well, to bother. Well, that's awesome. Have Have you learned how to play the saxophone properly, or are you just playing around with it and hoping it sounds okay? Well,、uh, I learned it from the YouTube. <laughs> yeah,、That's、during、fantastic. the quarantine. Yes, <laughs> but、uh, I still practicing because in the quarantine you have a lot of time at home. Like you,、yes. you, you can't go outside have fun with friends. So you must find something to kill your time. Well, well, and actually, that's、uh, I always think music. Most of the times can be soothing. Maybe not if you're only learning just learning the saxophone, but it's taking your mind off your your、um, your studies, which is sometimes we all need to turn switch off, don't we, and do something totally different. I also notice.、Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to do much of it yet, like playing tennis and going hiking, because we're very lucky here in Kingston. We've got lots of hiking trails and things. Oh yeah, yeah. So I feel like Kingston it has very good sceneries, and、uh, I very appreciate the nature、uh, beauty here. And I sometimes play tennis with my friends because I found like、um, we need exercise. Because I I found in some article that exercise can、um, make you release、uh, dopamine, which can right yeah build your happiness. Right, so this comes all you know, all your your biology sort of background is showing up here, so, <laughs> and what you do. But I think、uh, I think you brought up a good point right in the beginning of, you know, that emotional side that with your work it can be either people get so ingrained in their work that they don't come up for a breath, and they don't get to relax at all, or. Things are happening with their research, such as you know, an experiment might go completely in a different direction to what you're anticipating. So, how do you manage that reaction?、Uh, and so, that emotional side of you is really, really important to be able to. Here's my work, put all my my time into that, but I do need time to switch off and do something totally different and get out of that headspace. We all do it. We we go home and think about our work rather than you know when you walk out that office door, switching off and going, okay, now it's me time for me to get some balance in my own life. As you said, play your tennis, go and play or try and play the saxophone in the in the park, <laughs> and hopefully there's not too many many people around you listening. <laughs> Time, so that that's a really good thing that you brought brought up. And as a first year PhD student, it's going to be more and more important as you're going through that you give yourself some time off. Yeah, well, I also feel like people in Kingston are very friendly because when I play my saxophone in the park, I don't feel very good with my my with my saxophone scale. But there are some people they when they pass me, they like please my my playing. They say, "Oh, you are very good," and this is very encouraging for me. That's great. You should put a hat out and ask for money. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not at this level. <laughs> Oh, I think that's fantastic that you're doing all that. You see, so、uh, thank you for sharing that, and and I wish you best, the best of luck with the saxophone and the tennis and everything else. But of、uh, of course, with your research, I know you know it'd be great to get you to come back on towards the end 
of your PhD to, to explain to us how things went. And like you said, did it go the way you were hoping it to go? Or did it actually go in a completely different direction altogether? So that would be great, great for that. So Yuzi, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, guys. Thank you for inviting me here. That's a very good chance for me. Excellent. Thank you again. So that's it, everyone. A, another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcast or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.